0: and this is A Systematic Theology, where we are finding God outside of the box. If you have been following along for any period of time on social media or on the podcast or on the blog, um, you know from countless mentions in articles, posts, and and even uh, the short series I did on the road to fatherhood, um, that my wife and I recently had our first daughter. And one of the most significant things that I've picked up from my lead mentor recently over the last year and a half is that we have to think about actually preparing our children to live in the 22nd century. Think about that, the 22nd century. I feel like just yesterday, we entered into the 21st century, and I remember seeing 20th Century Fox and I was like, well, their thing is is outdated, their little intro with the drums and the lights and all that, that uh, their intro is now <laughs> outdated, um, because now we're in the 21st century. But he, he makes the point of saying that we have to prepare our children to live in the 22nd century. And I know that sounds pretty insane, really, to even think about, because the 22nd century, we just had New Year's for 2019. So the 22nd century is still 81 years away. 81 years. And so it's insane to even think about saying, oh, we have to prepare our kids to live in the 22nd century. But I want you to think about this, that the current average life expectancy of a person just in the U.S., in the U.S. alone, is 79.25 years. So, the average life expectancy of a healthy person in the United States of America is going to be just over 79 years. Women typically live longer than men, so that might be a couple years more, but on average, 79 years. And really, for being one of the most, if not the most, advanced and developed countries in the world, this is actually kind of pretty sad because... On the list of 228 countries, the U.S. falls in at number 53. Think about that. The most advanced country in the world, the most developed country in the world, coming in a fifth of the way down the list. T- number 53 out of 228. And Monaco actually tops out the list at 89.37 years. So their average life expectancy is just over 89 years. That's insane to to think about. Japan, I believe, was second, and they came in at 89 or 86, 88. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll have a link to that list of the 2018 life expectancy numbers in the notes so that you can check out kind of where different countries in the world fall. But I want you to think about this. Back in 1850, so I guess about 150, 170 years ago, the average life expectancy was really only around 43 years. So in that time, from 1850 to 2019, we've almost doubled the life expectancy of the average human in a developed country. I mean, and really in many countries, we have doubled that, um, or, or even more. And so there. are but then when we look at the contrary to that, there's there's actually many countries that have barely even passed that, that their average life expectancy is only 50 years, 51 years, 52 years. Um, I even saw on another website that was showing that they're only like in the high 40s. So in 170 years, we have in some countries just barely passed that average life expectancy. But then on the other end of it, we've We've doubled it and even over doubled it in some places. And so taking all of that into account, one thing we have to think about is that all of these numbers, these 89 years, the 79 years, the, the 51 years, these are all only averages. They're averages. I mean, today we have more and more people living to be 90, 100, and even longer I mean, we have more and more people pushing in on the life limits of 120 years that God set for us in Genesis 6, where he says that man will not live longer than 120 years, that he's not going to deal with us for longer than that. And so we have these people pushing in on those limits. And really, on occasion, we have people passing that by a few years. I think there was somebody, 100 and. 22, 127. Um, but this easily places them into the 22nd century. So think of that. 100, even 100 years from now, we have 2019. 100 years from now, put somebody at 2119. That puts them 20 years into the 22nd century and even there's even one writer I saw, and this article was from five or six years ago, that he thinks people could live to be 150 years old. And so I'll put a I'll put another link to that article as well, just so that you guys can kind of see these these different resources. Um, and so in 2019, now we have to factor in things like the rapid advancement. I mean, just in the last I'm 35, and so in the last 35 years, technology and science has just increased and advanced at such an incredible rate and so we have to think about that over the next 81 years before we get to the 22nd century um, what kind of advancement of science and technology we're going to have in different fields like gene therapy nanotechnology Um, really they're they're working now with growing organs um artificially in labs um to be able to replace organs in humans so that people with faulty organs can have new organs. Um, We have to keep considering these increased medical breakthroughs and the work of men like Aubrey de Grey, who is a biogerontologist, who his whole goal is defeating aging. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, the number one cause of death is aging at a certain point the atoms and the cells and the molecules in our body break down and our body cannot go physiologically cannot go any longer and typically what they're they're finding in this research is that 120 years is that kind of cutoff point with those rare few exceptions to that Um, but Aubrey de Grey thinks that eventually at some point people could live indefinitely and i'll link to a short video with gray discussing some of his his research um i think it's like a three minute video so it gives you kind of a a quick intro and if you want to know more about him just youtube or google aubrey de gray a-u-b-r-e-y d-e-g-r-e-y aubrey de gray and i'll put a link to just kind of some information on him as well Um, but as part of my dissertation research i'm looking at um, sciences and technologies that are emerging and really developing a theology for those sciences and technologies. But in, in my research, um, one of the areas that I've been looking at is the concept of radical life extension. So what is radical life extension? Well, radical life extension is basically the belief that with the right medical and scientific breakthroughs, people can live to be 150, 200, maybe even 500 years old. It's this idea of life extension that is just radical. Imagine that. Radical life extension, or RLE. Um, And as these medical sciences advance, we enter into a concept called the longevity escape velocity. This concept was first proposed by uh, a gentleman named David Goebel, who actually co-founded the Methuselah Foundation with Aubrey de Grey. And this, what the longevity escape velocity basically means, is that for each year of research, we extend the life expectancy of a person by more than one year. Right now, we are... um, I don't know the exact figures, but we're at or below one year, and so we're not quite there yet, but Gray believes that within the next couple of decades, we will actually get to this point where our scientific research will allow us an extra bit over a year of life expectancy compared to the one year of research. Um And as this continues to increase, as this research continues to increase and get better, this is where we enter that longevity escape velocity. And we can outlive basically our own research. Um, There's a futurist named Ray Kurzweil, and he actually named one of his books, um, The Fantastic Voyage, Live Long Enough to Live Forever, after this very concept of the longevity escape velocity. Now, I haven't read the book. Um, Personally, it's in my to read list which is ever-growing and I feel like I'm never making a dent in it but it is on my to read list but I'll put a link to that book for you um, just that you can find it easier Um, and I will also put another link to a short video with a basic intro definition to that longevity escape velocity that it kind of explains it a little more Um, and it's another like two or three minute video so something that's easy to watch so With all of that said, with all of this look at Genesis 6, the limits of 120 years, um, gene therapy, nanotechnology, radical life extension, this um, longevity escape velocity, what does all of this mean for you and I? Well, it basically means that we are literally raising our children to live in the 22nd century. Think about that. Your children are going to go into the next century. Probably any child that was born in the last ten years will most likely, if they live a healthy life, will live into the twenty second century, barring any sort of uncurable disease, getting hit by a bus, or whatever. You know what I mean? Just a healthy human being. So Um, This research could really be drawing us closer to the reality of the vision that Isaiah laid out in Isaiah 65, where he says that no longer will there be an infant. Well, uh, let me start that over. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100 and the one who does not reach the age of one hundred will be thought accursed. So, somebody who dies at the age of one hundred will be considered a youth. So we have to think about um, this is, and this is talking about death that is happening before we're spending eternity with God and with Christ. And so there's this this understanding that. Life is going to live longer, and that if you don't live longer, you're going to be thought to be accursed. And that if you do not reach the age of 100, you're going to be thought of as accursed. That there's something wrong with you. That you there's some sort of sin or something wrong with you. And so, as parents, as mentors, as influencers, how we lead our children and those who are influenced by our thinking and teaching will be living in the 22nd century. And that's that's insane to think about because we're only 19 years into the 21st century. And so, are you teaching your children to live with a Jesus focus and centrality regardless of their generational context? And so, I've written on this before. And I'll put a link to that article um, but we were never called to be countercultural. And I know that's like the, um, the slogan, the brand slogan of evangelicalism in America is that we have to be countercultural. But Jesus never tells us to be countercultural. And if you want my full argument for that, you can go read that article. But rather, we are called to be counter spiritual. And so we have to teach our kids to live in and influence whatever generational or millennial culture they are in for the glory of Christ. And so in her book, uh, Changing Signs of Truth, Crystal Downing put it this way, that for only by loving culture can we become effective communicators within it. I mean, missionaries don't go to another continent to bash the culture they're trying to reach. Think about that. They don't go to another a missionary doesn't go to a tribe in Africa or South America, and, and begin to bash them. No, they love those people and they learn the traditions of that culture and they learn the ways, they learn their songs, they learn their dance, the 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 foods that they eat, the meals and the traditions of of why they eat certain meals, the way they do or how they do, and they speak to the people through that and show them Christ through that. But yet, for some reason, in America, we think that we should bash the culture that we live in in order to reach it for Christ. It's like this counterproductive way of thinking. But as we go to, as our children get closer to the 22nd century, we have to teach them that the importance of relationships, of nature and how to interact with new technologies, and, and how to interact with the world around them. And really, as we think about technologies, because when anytime we engage in a new technology, we adopt a new set of values pertaining to that technology. And that's a whole other podcast for another day, or article or something. But um, technologies are going to continue to advance and penetrate our lives. Cities are going to be different and look different than what they look like today. Our ecosystems are going to be different. Our economics or our economies are going to be different in the 22nd century. Our, our ways of communicating are going to be different in the 22nd century. Our, our ways of life and a lot of the things that we take for granted today will change as we enter that 22nd century. Just even as 100 years ago, things look incredibly different 200 years ago, 300 years ago, over as we pass through these these centuries and these millennia, that that things change. Things get tossed out. We take on new traditions. We, we hold on to traditions. We get rid of the old and in with the new. And so how are you teaching your children to live in the 22nd century because they are going to be the elders and the leaders in the 22nd century? And depending on how some of this science and um, these new breakthroughs go, maybe even into the 23rd century. So are you and I teaching our children to live in a continually and rapidly changing world that is going to change exponentially between now and the 22nd century? My daughter is now six and a half weeks old. Tomorrow she'll be seven weeks old. Am I going to, am I prepared to teach her how to live in the 22nd century. I would love to hear your thoughts about radical life extension, that longevity escape velocity, and really just teaching your kids how to live and be prepared to lead in the 22nd century. Let me know your thoughts, go to the blog, leave a, leave a comment, and really what you think about this whole concept of life extension, life expectancy, and living for the 22nd century. All right. I love you guys. I will see you next time. Mm Bye-bye.